most lawyers either really like marketing and don't really like the trial work, or they really like trial work and they don't like the marketing side of it. Welcome to the Tip the Skills podcast, where we discuss running and growing your law firm. I'm your host, Maria Monroy, president and co-founder of LawRank. This week, I am joined by J.L. King. We talked about being a marketer and a trial lawyer, the importance of having a good team in place. We talked about something that has never come up here before, which is utilizing past employees that don't want to work full-time anymore as part-time employees, because at that point they're trained. And if they're a good employee that just wants to work less and they're going to get shit done, why not? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. JL King. Good afternoon. So exciting. I get to meet you in person today. I know. Finally, after what, year and a half, two years? Tell us your firm's name. The King Firm. The King Firm. Where are you based out of? We currently have offices in Tipton, Georgia and Griffin, Georgia. And how, what's like the population in those areas? Tifton, the county is, Tiff County has got about 25, 30,000 people. It feels much bigger than you would expect. It sounds really small to me. But we're on the interstate. Okay. So every Americana restaurant you expect, basically, Mm -hmm. we have. Still doesn't do it for me. But we have a Publix, at least. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a Whole Foods? No, we're getting an Aldi. Oh, my goodness. There's a Whole Foods right here. Like, if you open the window. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that as a view. I love Whole Foods. Yeah. I grew up in a town that had a Giant Mart. That was it. A what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, say it again. It was called Giant Mart. Oh, I don't know what that is. There were like three of them. Like a mom? Like a mom oh, absolutely. Like, I went to school with the uh, so son, are you son from, of the owner. Where did you grow up? Uh, Zebulon, Georgia. <laughs> it's a, That's a population there. Uh, now it's probably. No, when you when you were there. 10,000 in the county, probably. That's crazy. If you made a triangle of Atlanta making in Columbus, it was the middle of that triangle. Of all the counties around there, it was like the smallest. <laughs> and nobody went there because if you were going to any of those places, there were better roads. All right. Well, let's let's talk business. So there was something you told me that a mentor, was it a mentor said to you once? It's a friend of mine that's a really good trial lawyer. And this is when you were first starting out? First starting the PI practice. Okay. Tell us what he said. He said, you can either be a good trial lawyer or a good marketer. Oh, that's so painful. I can't. Yeah, he said, you got to pick. Who is this? One other. I'm not going to. I want to have him on and I want to have a little (laughs) chat with him about that. And I don't know if he's been very successful with his model. (laughs) And which which one is he? Is he a marketer? He's a trial lawyer. Yeah. So he doesn't market? He does a little bit. I don't know exactly what he does. Uh, He has a couple of main offices in Atlanta. Oh, okay. I need to talk to this person. And how did you feel when you heard that? I said, I don't think that's right. That is not right. But I think where that comes from from people are most lawyers either really like marketing and don't really like the trial work, or they really like trial work and they don't like the marketing side of it. I always say that it's really hard to be good at one thing. Mm -hmm. And now we're asking firms be really good on the trial side of things and then be really good at running a business, which includes marketing. But like if you don't market, then what all your cases come from referrals, which I think that can be really scary because you have no control over that. Right. You you don't have any control over it. And then, you know, when you're starting out, there's always somebody out there that's gotten a bigger verdict than you. And there's somebody out there that's 
got a longer relationship with people or knows more people than you do and convincing people to send you the case instead of them can be difficult. And even if you are the guy with the biggest verdict next year, you're not going to be any more. You know, the marketing side of things is you get a shot at cases that you don't necessarily get a shot at otherwise. And I mean, you're killing it with marketing. Yeah, we've had a pretty good run since we started working with you. <laughs> I'm not trying to plug myself in there or, or my team, but but you are doing really well with it. Yeah, it's going well. And the key to really that is, is that it's like, I remember when I was a kid, everybody would say, do your best at everything. I was a decent student and I ended up playing golf in college. Well, the reality was you can't do your best at everything. If I was going to be the best golfer I could be, I wasn't going to class at all. If I was going to be the best student I was going to be, I was going to rarely show up at golf practice. If you want to be a great trial lawyer and a great marketer, you got to figure out how are you going to make all that work. And the reality is you got to have a good team. Marketing side, it's frankly working with Law Rank has been great. There's nothing that says that I can't set up a team that's done to do a great job with marketing and I can't set up a team that's doing a great job getting ready for trials. You know, it's like if you told a football coach that you can't coach everything. And he's like, well, I can hire the best offensive coordinator and the best defensive coordinator and then add what I got on top of it. And we're going to be dang good. And they're right. How do you. Well, hold on. Before I even go there, you also do some billboards no? Yes. Who does those for you? Do you, Is that something that you do yourself or your team or you have an agency that's handling that? We handle those. You handle those. They design everything. We send it to the company that we'll tell the company what we want. I've heard that, you know, trial lawyers, they don't do billboards. Can't try a case if you don't have cases. All, all cases aren't the same. If you miss the three best cases you got that year, then you don't have a great year. You know, there might be hundreds of cases, but, you know, there yeah. can be five that you got to make sure you get or you, you got a problem. Because you could get five big cases a year and then the next year you only get four. And that one case is making... Like it's actually having such an impact because you're missing that one case. And that's why I personally love it when firms will take the big cases and all the low hanging fruit. You just got a big verdict. What was your verdict? 2.5 million on 138,000 in medical bills. That's crazy. Went, and you didn't realize how big it would be until trial? I knew it could be big at trial. I think about a year ago, I went through our pending cases and put a projected fee on most of them. And that one, I had a projected fee of less than 50 grand on it. Like you knew there was a chance, but you were like, I have to wait till trial. And I'm pretty conservative on, especially the ones that have high upside. And I'm doing a calculation as to what's our projected income. If it's a high upside case, but who knows what happens, I go conservative there. But you know, I, I thought that the insurance company would put enough money on it. My client couldn't turn them down before they got there and they just didn't do it. Tell us about it. Uh, well, my client was delivering seed to a farmer and uh, <laughs> of course, it's South Georgia, you know, and it, it happens to be this patented cotton seed that's 700 bucks a bag, give or take. So because it was so expensive, the farmer wanted to unload it himself. Well, he unloads a pallet, seeds start spilling, but the way my client described it, it adds up to his foot slip when he was waiting on my, them to get some duct tape to put over the hole. And he smashed the guy between the tractor and the truck. Uh, you know, he basically went from a guy that could, he was 45, could do anything a 25-year-old to do to 
he's had the capability of a 65 or 70 year old. We went to trial and the defense never realized, I think, the value of the case. I told my client that this was a, a chance at a good result, but obviously nothing guaranteed. Did I get you that case? No. Oh, darn it. Okay. Well, we're going to cut this whole part. <laughs> <laughs> I got it before I started working with you. Okay. Going back to something you said about like you can't be like amazing at everything, right? Or what was the phrase that you used? You can't do your best at everything. Okay. You know what really annoys me? When people say the way you do one thing is how you do everything. I'm like, no, it is not. Because the way that I clean, that is not the way I run my business. Like, I just don't clean. You, you know what I mean? Like, there are things that I hate to do. Why would they all be equal? You know what I mean? Oh, and it's, and the thing about that is, is that you realize that. I mean, it's that, but you can surround yourself with people that are good at what you're not great yeah, my at. My housekeeper is so great. Yeah. I mean, so you don't like to clean. You know, yeah. get a housekeeper. Yeah. You don't like to do yard work. Get a lawn guy. If you're a great trialer, you don't want to deal with marketing, like get a team that will handle the marketing or hire someone that will do the marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that, and you can fit it around yourself. I mean, I like the marketing end of it. So I like having some involvement, you know, rely on people that know more than you about it, but it doesn't mean you have to check your ideas at the door. Well, what I don't agree with is I see this a lot of times where the owners of the firm or owner of the firm will hire a marketing person and will not be involved at all in any decisions. And the marketing person is the one hiring every vendor, um, executing every single plan. I think the owner has to be involved at least on a high level um, perspective and like they have to look at the data and say, and Jen talks about this a lot, like where are your cases coming from? Because if you don't know where they're coming from, how do you know where to reinvest, right? A lot of firms are still not tracking things properly. And I get that it's never gonna be perfect. Like it's really difficult to get it to be perfect. I would argue it's impossible, but you can get it pretty close to oh, yeah. perfect. You hear that good is the enemy of great. With some things, it's getting that 85 to 100% doesn't really matter. It matters, but it's going to be only incremental differences. And there's other things where getting that 100% matters. My car is spotless. It probably doesn't matter. My cross-examination of their expert isn't right. It probably matters. Have you ever read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? I think I've been told to read it. I might have so read the cover. <laughs> it's so good. Well, that's what it really talks about, like where your energy needs to go, right? Versus... You know, sometimes we harp on things that it's like, well, that's not going to have the biggest impact. And it's actually not that urgent, but we're treating it like it's urgent, right? Like an email comes in and you're like, feel like the urgent need to respond, but it's really nothing urgent. Whereas there's something that is much more meaningful that you should be working on that is going to have a greater impact on your business. I've got an associate that can write really well. I know appellate counsel I work with on cases. I'm getting somebody else to take the lion's share of the load on that, and they're going to do a better job than I would, and we're going to get a better result most likely. Tell me about your team. Right now we've got one lawyer, one that's uh, he's in a second-year practice, uh, been working with us since he got out of law school, doing a great job. Trial? Like he wants to be a trial lawyer? Yeah. 
Okay. And he's helped so with some trials. And are you mentoring him? I would assume to some extent. Like you're, you're, mm. Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> Pretty good. He's uh he's exceeded my expectations. He's 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 more of an asset to a firm at this stage in his career than most lawyers I've seen. And then we've got another lawyer that's of counsel with us. That's a retired judge that was sort of a mentor to me uh, back when I was in law school. And he helps us out here and there with trial issues and uh, stuff like that. Helps out with some marketing too. Three full-time paralegals, office manager. We have another part-time paralegal. Is this the one you were telling me about? Yeah. I love this because I wonder, I, I don't think I've ever asked firms if they utilize, you know, part-time employees in this sort of filler capacity, especially while you're, you know, there's that place where like, you don't need someone yet, you know, and it would really overstaff you. I think there's a point where it's better to be overstaffed, but there is like that one in between where like, mm, I could use some help, but I don't need it that much. So how did you end up? Because this person is like very flex, right? Like, right. Yeah. Pretty flexible and uh, had worked with us for a while. She was a friend of my wife's. And she decided she wanted to do some different stuff. And we kept in touch. And she had put together exhibit notebooks for trial for us several times. And we had a trial coming up. Everybody else was slammed. And we are like, hey, not only can she do this, but we don't have to tell her how to do it. It's just go. And so she jumped in, did that. She got there, saw there's some other stuff at the office. Well, I could do this to help. I could do this to help. So she's just been, she comes in here and there, and it works out great. Yeah, but see, this opens like up so many possibilities because how many times do employees quit for whatever reason, you know? And I don't think firms explore this, right? Like, hey, I know you maybe you don't want full-time work anymore. I mean, I could see this a lot with, honestly, new moms, yeah, right? Where they're like, well, I want to like be the primary giver, but maybe they have 10 hours in them. That actually would have been like great for me if I had 10 hours to go not deal with my kids when they were little. You know, you step back any business is what tasks do we have to accomplish? What's it going to take to get it done? And what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost us to get it done? Especially when you have somewhat discrete tasks, which you also often have in a law firm. Do you really care if you got five sets of discovery due and five demands that go out this week? If they all get done, they all get done well, do you care if it takes four people to do it, two people to do it, or eight people to do it if you're paying the same amount? And I mean, that's the problem of being overstaffed and understaffed, I see, is that, you know, obviously being understaffed, everybody's working too much, feels like there's too much on them. To me, the big deal with overstaffed is you don't want to get to the point that you change the culture of working hard. Mm. Or that they, they're bored. Yeah, if that's where they get bored and it becomes commonplace to not really work that hard there and that can seep through everybody i had never thought of it that way my assistant made the mistake two days ago of being like yeah sometimes there just isn't much to do i was like all right it's on she got so many tasks added to her i was like you wanted more work she's like no i'm happier this way i'm like all right but i mean that that's something that you gotta you know you don't want to be to the point that i mean frankly let's be honest government jobs there's a lot of those you see uh places that it feels like it takes a while to get little things done don't want to disparage anybody i'm sure i know there's a bunch of people i've seen in government jobs that work their tail off but there are sometimes places get overstaffed 
And then it can create a culture of not working as hard as you could. Totally. I also think if you have A players, I think a team of five A players will do more than 10 B players. I heard a story yesterday of an employee that quit at a firm because they didn't want to work so hard or so much, but they were good at what they did. So why not? Like that's something this lawyer could have done is explored, well, do you want to take on this many cases or work this many hours a week as opposed to not just like, okay, that's it. So what's next for you? You're not going to like this. <laughs> you, you will, but you don't. But we actually signed up a pretty pretty good case, we think. Why am I not going to like it? Because it didn't come from me? Referral. Oh, okay. No, I'm happy that, <laughs> no, that you got no, these good referrals. <laughs> no, that's, uh, so I've been working with someone. I mean, we've got obviously a lot of stuff to work on. That's one of the new things. And then, uh, you know, we're growing. We're uh, looking at, uh, you know, how do we expand? How do we grow? And some of that stuff's now just exploring different possibilities there. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be good. We're looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. me. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much to JL for everything he shared with us today. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show.